Thanks so much for joining us here on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagonblast. Glad to return to the Cranford Dramatic Club, where they are preparing in the month of February for Twelfth Night, a Shakespeare play. I'm joined by two of the folks who are involved with the show. Why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us what your part is as far as the play is concerned. I'm Susan Spidell, and I am directing the production. I'm Zach Maswat, and I am in the show as Andy Aquachik, and I am also costuming the show. As someone who has not really performed in theater, I hear Shakespeare, and I think these are among the toughest plays to do because of the language not being similar to the way we talk today and things of that sort. Zach, why don't I start off with you? What is it like performing Shakespeare? You know, I guess in some ways it's kind of the pinnacle, but in other ways it really is tough. Well, this is actually my first uh, Shakespearean show, and I've avoided it for kind of the similar um, reasons that you outlined it. But having known Susie Spidell uh, since before this and knowing that she is a big Shakespeare aficionado, I figured if I was going to try to do a Shakespeare at any point in my life, this would be the show, um, and I knew I'd be in good hands. Susan, as the director, are there special challenges with directing a production of a Shakespearean play? I think the language is probably the only difference. Everything else is, you know, Shakespeare was a man of the theater. He was an actor. He owned part of a theater company. So he understood dramatic structure and all of that. And the plays are brilliant, obviously. But the language is, as you said, different than we speak today. One of the things that I did as we came in and started rehearsals was that I took a version of the play in a Word document, and I took it out of the verse, the sections of it, not all of it's in verse, some of it's in prose. And I took it out of that so that it didn't look like a poem on the page. And I think for actors that are not used to working in verse, that was kind of freeing for them. They just thought it was, oh, it's just a monologue. It, it doesn't, I don't have to worry about it. The rhyme schemes, the meter will all take care of themselves because they're so beautifully written. So for them as actors, then it just became approaching it from an acting standpoint and figuring that out. And I think that's been helpful. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of what Twelfth Night is about, if you would, please? Well, it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, a comedy, first off, and um, it deals with a group of people in a small area. Uh, in the original, it's in a small town. In our production, it's in a small couple of square blocks of downtown New York City in the 1970s. And the main character, Viola, is a uh, young woman who finds herself in this town. In the original, she's shipwrecked. In our production, she shows up at the South Street Seaport. She uh, has lost her brother at sea, and she has no other family, so she has to find a way to make her way in the world. And she disguises herself as a man and gets a job working for the Duke, who runs this area of the town. And the Duke is in love with another woman in the town, and he sends Viola, who's now called Cesario, to woo this other woman on his behalf. Well, of course, when Cesario gets there, the other woman falls in love with him. And then it's off to the races. In addition, we have this wonderful subplot about 
Olivia, the other woman, the people who work for her, uh, her steward, her maid, her gardener, other people who work for her, they all band together against the steward, who is a very pompous, authoritarian figure. And they decide to play a giant prank on him. So while we have this love triangle going on on one side, we also have this kind of comic subplot with hilarious results going on. But of course, it's a comedy. And in Shakespeare's comedies, Everybody ends up happy, except for one character who doesn't end up happy, unfortunately. But everybody else does. <laughs> and people can come and find out who that one character That's is. That's right. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. Zach, tell me a little bit about your character. So my character is uh, Andy Aquachik, and he is a well-to-do buffoon, similar to myself, No, uh, <laughs> who, who arrives and, and befriends um, Olivia's uncle. And uh, wants to woo Olivia, and, and Olivia's uncle kind of keeps assuring him that he has an in, but he's really just kind of using him for free drinks. Susan, you talked about, obviously, this takes place in 1970s New York. Is the language the same as what Shakespeare wrote, or do you have to somehow make references to 1970s New York? We actually are using all of the original language. The text has been edited a little bit for length and clarity a little bit, but we are using the original text, the original language. Um, the references to 1970s New York are all visual and also music. Every scene begins and ends with another of the greatest disco hits of the era. So people are dancing around on stage as well, which is really a lot of fun. But it's all the original text, yeah. Zach, let me ask you a little bit, not about your role on stage, but your role behind the scenes. Tell us a bit of what you're doing with that. Mostly the, the work has been kind of translating what the character would have looked like in traditional Shakespeare and how that that kind of archetype of a character would present itself in the 70s. So, you know, what a kind of strong woman would have looked like uh, in Shakespearean times, how would that translate to a strong woman in the 70s as, as a club owner? Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really interesting. One of the big changes... In the original Shakespeare, there's a character, Festy, that is the court jester for Olivia. Um, and Susie decided that is now a, a worker at the club and is the drag queen. Because um, often, especially in the 70s, you know, the drag queens at clubs were the big comic relief. They're the hosts um, and would kind of operate as a, as a court jester would. Again, working with Susie to figure out what would this military man look like in Shakespeare and what, how would that translate to our show has been really kind of fun and, and creative and, and spurred a lot of great conversations. Can we look for some bell-bottoms in this? Oh, yes. Uh, there's going to be lots of bell-bottoms, lots of le leisure suits, <laughs> lots of disco uh, sequins. I'm sure the lighting designer is going to hate me because everything's going to reflect off of <laughs> one another, but maybe the audience will love it. <laughs> Zach talked about this is his first Shakespearean play because he knew you were directing, and if he was going to do it with anybody, he was going to do it with you. What draws you to doing Shakespeare? Well... That's a really <laughs> interesting question. I have spent most of my career in the theater working in musical theater. That's always kind of been my bread and butter as a performer and as a director. But about, I guess about 10 years ago, um, I started going regularly to not only the Shakespeare Theater uh, here in New Jersey, in Madison, but also Shakespeare and Company up in Lenox, Massachusetts, where I spend some time over the summers. And I, I really started to fall in love with the meter, the rhyme, 
it has many similarities to musical theater where there's a direct address to the audience where people break the fourth wall as you do when you sing and sing right to the audience. So I, I started to get involved and uh, or more intrigued by Shakespeare. And then uh, about six years ago, I had the incredible good fortune to study at the Globe Theater for a month in London. And uh, it was a series of uh, a group of theater teachers from all over the country. We worked with the artists and technicians and directors and choreographers and speech experts at the Globe. And we actually then also did a production of King Lear at the end of our time together. And that hooked me completely. So now, you know, Musicals be gone. I'm. <laughs> That's not true. But um, but you know, it just really drew me in, and the the language is glorious and beautiful, and the core truths of the of every single play, whether it's a comedy or a tragedy, are universal and as relevant today as they are. It, Twelfth Night's a perfect example. It's about gender identity. It's about who are you attracted to? Who, who do you love? You know, what's, what's acceptable? It's about status. It's about financial things, about who needs money, who doesn't need money. All of those things that are part of our everyday life in 2023. You mentioned you have been a performer. Do you think having been a performer helps you to be a better director? <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. <laughs> I actually try very hard to kind of step back from performing when I'm directing, because I know when I'm performing, I like to discover things and find things as I'm working. And as a director, you kind of have the whole show mapped out, or at least a, a big picture of it. And you can sometimes squelch an actor by saying, no, 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 at this moment, it has to be this. Now, there are times when you do have to step in and say, no, you have to be over there because that's where the light's going to be, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. But I try not to impose anything on the actors. We talk a lot. In fact, we spent the first couple of weeks of rehearsal just reading the script and talking about it and how it relates to our lives and how it relates to the present day so that they came at it from a very personal point of view and can find those things hopefully on their own. And it's my job then to kind of just guide them through it. Zach, you mentioned that this is your first Shakespearean play. And you wanted to do it because Susie was directing. What have been the best tips that you've received from Susie or others in terms of performing in a Shakespearean play? And what's been the toughest part for you? The toughest part has been the language. But one activity that Susie did actually early on in rehearsal that was really helpful was called leading in. So with that, the actor stood and another actor would kind of read the lines into your ear and then you could say them so you weren't stuck in the book. It allowed us to kind of get off the page a lot earlier. With every show, the faster you can get off the page, the easier the acting becomes. But especially um, in a show where, especially people that are more nervous or intimidated by Shakespeare, that the sooner you can get away from looking at the words, the sooner you can get to the truth of what they're trying to say. So that activity was was really helpful. As far as advice from other actors that have done Shakespeare, um, they all said the sim a similar thing about not worrying about the way you're supposed to say Shakespeare, not to get too caught up in how different the language is and try to just figure out exactly what it's saying. And the, the sooner you can do that, the more naturally it comes. This play is going to be taking place here 
pretty much the month of February at the Cranford Dramatic Club on Winans Avenue. Susie, can you tell us the dates of when the performances will be and how folks can get tickets, please? Sure. The show opens on February 10th and runs for three weekends through February 25th. And you can go to the Cranford Dramatic Club website and um, find information about tickets and purchase your tickets online. And uh, we hope to see you. We hope to see everybody come out. We're having a great time in rehearsal. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We laugh a lot. And uh, I hope the audience will, too. (laughs) Susie, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you.